about to happen. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> if you hadn't worked it out, thank you. <laughs> so I stick with the wig on? Maybe not. <laughs> no, I don't know. I couldn't, didn't have a mirror. So uh, anyway, that's my Michael Jackson impression. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like it was in the room. <laughs> Woo! Um, <laughs> um, can I uh, give a prize out to those who guessed correctly? That is uh, Chris and Steve. Well done. <laughs> uh, they were correct with bad. Michael Jackson and bad. My title, oh, my title for today, if God is so good, why are some Christians so bad? It's a really good question. And my answer today to that objection that some people might have about the Christian faith is that yes, we are bad. We are bad because we are all sinners, that our actions need to speak louder than words and that it does take time to be transformed by Christ. So we are bad, but there are reasons for that and I'm going to explain all of that this morning with a Michael Jackson impression. Yes, I hope you can bring yourself down into <laughs> a sermon now. Anyway, if God is so good, why are some Christians so bad? Well, because the first letter, B, of bad, is because we are all sinners. The problems of the world are because of us. As it famously, someone wrote into a, a newspaper, said, what's the problems with the world? And someone replied, well, the problem is us. We are the problems. Because we are all sinners. And yes, we all sin, not just a few of us or some of us or those outside the church. It's all of us. We all sin. We all do things that are wrong. We all hurt others by our words, by our actions, or by our lack of action. And we need to recognize that. We need to recognize that we all sin. And that is part of the story, of the Christian story. That God, that's why we need God. It's why we believe in Jesus, isn't it? It's why uh, we look to the work of the cross to know that Jesus dying on that cross, rising again, is the fact that we can be forgiven for those sins and come to know God for ourselves. And part of recognising that we all sin, and actually we'll read a bit about this in the Bible, 
is, is that it, it is good to confess those sins to each other, but also to God. Now, in our church, in our tradition, we don't actually have a time where we do that. But in lots of other churches, they have a time where they say sorry to God and ask for God's forgiveness. And part of that is recognising that we should do that as a practice. It's good to do that, to do it, as I say, to each other sometimes, to say, oh, I've been doing this or I've been doing that, and I just want to sh- confess that to you. But we can also do it on our own and confess it to God and say, I'm sorry, God, for these wrong things that I've been doing. So let's read uh, a little bit about that. Let's read uh, 1 John, chapter 1, verses 5 to 10. You can have a Bible, if you would like, from the back, or on your phone, of course. I haven't got the text up here. I apologise. I went for a darker background with yellow writing. But again, this uh, (laughs) projector doesn't really do that justice. Okay, so 1 John, so that's the letter of John, really towards the back of the Bible. 1 John 1, and we're going to read from 5 to 10. Okay, this is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. And the main point I want to pick out of this chapter or this bit of reading from the 1 John is that If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And everyone here, no matter how long you've been a Christian, will still sin. It will still be something that you do, things that you do wrong, um, and that you need to come to God and say sorry, no matter say, no matter how long you might have been a Christian. And in reality, it will only stop when we die. That's when the sin will finally cease for us. And actually, John, in writing his letter, uh, is probably in his old age in penning this letter. And uh, he knew Jesus, followed him on his earthly ministry, but also following him. him into the rest of his life. And he still used the words, we, we deceive ourselves. So he includes himself within that, doesn't he? It's a sort of sense of we, not just others or you, but we, we deceive ourselves. And so we must recognise that we sin and say sorry to God and confess that to God. And when I was talking to Fran about this topic, 
Um, I was saying to her, I bet it's quite hard living with me, isn't it? <laughs> um, and probably the answer for that, really, is that because I'm still a sinner, aren't I? I still do things wrong, and I still mess up. I still cause hurt and difficulties in our household. Um, am I a particularly bad person? No, I hear you say. <laughs> yes, probably. No, no. I, I think probably by society standards, I'm probably not that bad a person. Uh, but in reality, I still do bad things and I still um, upset household and other people. And Paul, uh, writing in Romans 7:18, says about struggling with sin, Paul says, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. And he writes a little bit later, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am, says Paul. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. It is Jesus who frees us from this sin. Yes, we struggle with it, and yes, it still goes on in our lives. But it is Jesus who frees us from this sin, enabling us to live, move on, keep moving forward in this life that we have, and the Holy Spirit to help us and to help us to stop sinning. Not because we want to carry on sinning, but to try and stop sinning. And he sends his Holy Spirit to help us to stop doing that. So the objection, if God is so good, why are Christians so bad? Well, it's because we are all sinners, just like everyone else in this world. So that's B. A is that actions speak louder than words. Perhaps our distrust of politicians comes from the very fact that they say a lot, don't they? They're always saying something. <laughs> but actually, uh, often their actions are a bit different or whatever the government then or the opposition then do are different to what they say they're going to do. So what we do is really important. Not what we say, but what we do is really important. Our actions and how we love and how we care for each other, how we forgive each other, is what really can make a difference to what people think of the Christian faith. It's about our actions. And the objection is that when someone says that a Christian, they are a Christian, and yet does something that is completely wrong, or what you would say morally wrong, and what I mean by morally wrong is that uh, discerning what is right or wrong or good or bad behaviour and the Bible talks a lot about morals and morality, as they would say. And Paul, who writes the church in Colossae, says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. So we must work hard to try and put those things down and go, um, go away from these things 
But yes, people do uh, make big mistakes and do something that is wrong. And remember in the text that I read a bit earlier, it said uh, 1 John 1, it said, uh, in verse 6, it says, If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. So if we live in the darkness, we are lying and not living out the truth. So what I'm trying to say here, everybody, just to communicate properly, is that there are some people who say they are Christians and that they um, follow God, but actually, in reality, they're walking in the darkness and they're having fellowship with the darkness. Now, I was going to talk to you a bit about um, a conversation I had with uh, my brother-in-law in the summer and I'll just mention it briefly in that context of being in the darkness and yet saying we are Christians. And we were talking about abuse, child abuse within the church and how the church is, across all denominations has failed, has failed children, families, uh, so many people in so many ways by allowing child abuse to happen. Um, that is morally wrong. It is darkness within the church. It's darkness within people that has meant that has happened. But so our actions need to speak louder than our words. We need to speak clearly about loving and our actions need to follow that up. So we need to show that we love people, that we care for people in the right way. And the church, yes, has done things wrong, but it is making sure now that those things don't happen again. And let me tell you another story as well um, about people, uh, the objection being, uh, if they're a Christian, how come they've done this or how come they've done that? Um, and I remember that feeling when I heard a story, well not a story, sorry, it's a true story. Um, well, I remember hearing when it came through to me on my phone how I felt and how upset I was um, that someone who had taught me and been extremely important in me coming to know Jesus for myself. Encouraging me, uh, nurturing me as a young person, helping me choose a career in youth work. And yet a few years later, uh, that same person had had an affair and had lost their faith. And still, to this day, I don't think that person has a faith anymore. And has let it go and not following God anymore. And I remember that feeling, really, um, the pit of the stomach, hearing that news, talking to my friends about that, talking to um, them about our doubts that come out because of that. But I thought they were a Christian. I thought they were uh, following God. I thought I could trust them. Um, but now they don't seem to have a faith. Does that affect my faith? Because they don't have a faith anymore. And all of those thoughts are reasonable. They're all completely normal and right. But the answer is... The answer is, is that because some people mess up and make major things go wrong in their lives, it doesn't affect who God is and what God has done. It doesn't affect, it doesn't change the fact that God created the world doesn't change the fact that in his love he sent his son to come into this world. That Jesus, as we look to Jesus, 
No one on this earth has ever lived a life like Jesus in what he's he done. No one ever has defeated death by rising again like Jesus. And it's, so it's that that we need to look to, not looking at what other people's behaviour is, but looking to what Jesus has done and looking to see that it is him who leads who speaks about what we should do, the Bible that teaches about what we should do, not to live in darkness, not to walk in darkness, but that we should look to the Bible, look to Jesus' life and how he lived his life, not looking at others and how they live their lives. Yes, those people have done damage. Yes, that's affected lots of people. But we need to look to the light as it said in that passage, look to the light. What is the light doing? What is the light saying? What did we get that from? We get that from reading God's word, his Bible. And then remember that actions, as I said in this second one, actions speak louder than words. If we look at the church throughout the centuries, wow, what, a resp- what an amazing thing that the church has been and has done for good in this world. Caring for those in debt, like we saw on Friday night. CAP, wonderful charity working with those who are struggling and poor. Caring for the sick um, through hospitals. Caring for the homeless, the Salvation Army, YMCA. What do, what do we know? Uh, quick question, YMCA, what does it stand for? Hey, yes, I'm impressed. The Christian is still there. It's not gone from their title. It's still within their ethos and what they do. Um, Caring for refugees, caring for vulnerable children, world vision, justice uh, in the world of justice as well. Amnesty International was started out as a Christian organisation. Caring for the environment, La Rocha. Look out for that charity and what it wants to do. Speak to Michael Pocock about it. What it wants to do to help Christians and the world wake up and look after the world that we live in. And I could go on and on and on (laughs) about all the good that the church, that Christians have done. Let us look to those people, those actions that speak loudly about God and his love and his care. So let me just recap Christians are bad (laughs) because we are all sinners and our actions need to speak louder than words. And so lastly, I'm just going to talk about it does take time to be transformed by Christ. And a, a lifetime really is what I would say in response to that. It's a lifetime to be transformed by Christ. And life is often, as they say, a journey in conversations with people, you have a conversation sometimes. How are you doing? And they reply, well, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Well, in reality, do they ever get there? I don't know. I find that a funny response, really. Because do they ever reach their destination? Where is their destination? Where are they getting to? Um, and sometimes on this journey in life, someone might say, oh, I'm at a crossroads. I really don't know which way to go. Do I go left or right? I'm not sure which way to turn. And in the church, we talk about Jesus leading us on this journey, on this journey that we call life. 
And all of this points to the picture that it does take time to be transformed by Christ. It is a journey. I've got a picture here that you can't really see, but there's this lovely yellowy figure. I suppose it's good that you can't really see it. A sense of uh, Jesus walking with us as we go about our journey, journeying through whatever light. Oh, there we go. <laughs> whatever we see, whatever comes our part upon our path as we journey. Um, you can turn it back on, thanks, Dan. And for some of us, it's a gradual process, isn't it? Some of us, it happens slowly over time that we are changed by Christ. Other times, uh, some people, it's quite dramatic and it's an overnight thing. Suddenly, they are changed and transformed, dropping an addiction, uh, turning from their uh, ways and going in a different direction of following Jesus. But for most of us, I would probably say it's a gradual journey that we're on where Jesus is slowly and surely uh, changing us. And Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 3, 16 to 18, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. It's that great picture of being transformed into looking and being like Jesus. And how do we do that? We have to look to him. We have to be, spend time with him. And by spending time with him, we can be transformed. So we're going to read uh, one more passage. Uh, This is a passage that the elders are looking at at the moment. Uh, uh, John 15, 1 to 8. And would anyone like to read that for us? I just realized I haven't got it on my Bible here. Okay, Josie, thank you. John 15. 1 to 8. I'll hold the microphone for you. John 15, there we are. Is it in the green Bible? Don't worry. Don't worry. Where do you want? John 15, 1 to 8. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burnt. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the that's it, that's it. Thank, thank you, Josie. 
So we're all on a journey. But on that journey, we need to spend time with Jesus. We need to uh, spend time to allow him to prune us, to shape us into how he wants us to be for his kingdom, for his glory. And that's just something that's constantly happening, constantly going on. And as I say, as a group of elders, we're just thinking about that and praying about that and reflecting on that. What does he want to do to prune in our lives so that he can allow us to bear more fruit? And how do we do that? Well, we've got to take and carve out time to spend with Jesus. We need to spend time reading, again, his word. We need to spend time worshipping. We need to spend time praying Asking the Holy Spirit to reveal things that are not good in our lives and reveal what uh, we need to change, what we need to do. And then it says in God's word that we will bear fruit. We will do good things and we will bear fruit. And in this uh, context of thinking about journeying and people and us on our own journey, reflecting, asking God to help us, Um, Remember that others are on a journey too and you might see some things that you maybe don't like or you see in their lives um, but have a bit of grace, have a bit of grace for them Um, because they're on a journey and it takes time. It does take time for all of us to be transformed. So just give them a bit of grace if you feel something is really wrong in their lives and you're not happy and you want to say something about it, talk to them, yes, but do it in a sense of love uh, and get others involved if you need to. Uh, But it's important that you just give people a bit of grace for that. But remembering back to our second thing, actions speak louder than words. If we see things, actions are are wrong and go on, uh, people being in the darkness, then we do need to challenge them and talk to them about that. But recognising for those on our journey that it does take time to be transformed by Christ. It does take time. So my conclusion then to the objection that if God is so good, why are some Christians so bad? Well, we are bad in my uh, display of dancing. We are bad because we are all sinners. That our actions need to speak louder than words. And there are those that fail There are those that walk in the darkness, but they do not represent Jesus. They do not represent God. But that doesn't change who God is. It doesn't change who Jesus is and what he has done. And lastly, that it does take time to be transformed by Christ. And I thought, just as we wait and uh, before we move into a time of communion, I thought, because I've been mentioning the word bad (laughs) and that we are all sinners uh, and that it takes time for things to change, I thought, well, let's look to Jesus. Let's let's have a time of just listening to a song, uh, responding to that in whichever way you feel you want to respond to that. Um, I'm not actually going to be asking for you to do anything. I'm just going to pray for you, pray for the Holy Spirit to nudge and to guide you. Uh, But I want this song really to be about us looking to Jesus, that he is our rescuer. He does save us from being sinners. He does help us to act in the way that he wants us to act, to show the light. 
And he does want to transform us. So Chris, uh, I'm just going to pray and then um, Chris is going to play the song. And we'll get the children back for communion. Lord, I thank you uh, that you are a God who saves us, rescues us from our sin. Lord, I want to pray that your Holy Spirit would touch us, be at work in us now. Not just, Lord, in areas that we need to push out the darkness within our lives and ask you to bring in more light. And I pray that as we uh, look to you, uh, we would remember that we can't, uh, don't have to do these things on our own. That is you, Lord Jesus, who is with us and helps us. In Jesus' name, amen. He's our rescuer. He's our rescuer. We are free from sin forevermore. Oh, how sweet the sound. Oh, how grace abounds. We will praise the Lord, our rescuer. There is good news for the captive. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter. The one religion failed. For the good Lord has come to seek and save. He's our
that was a more sudden ending than I expected. <laughs> That's so. Um, could someone go and tell Kids Club that we're finished and bring the kids home? Thank you. We're going to break bread in a moment. And, um, and could, Stuart, could you go and help Paul with the table? Um, and maybe Tim and Andy, could you go and help Paul with the table there as well? Tim, could you go and help Paul? Oh, go and get another table for it. And as Paul sort of helped us sort of thinking about all that stuff, that's great. I'm very struck by what we celebrate here now. Um, we celebrate the blood of Jesus. We celebrate his body broken for us, that we can be forgiven, that anything we do wrong anything that we've failed in, what we've done, what we've not done that we should have done, is covered if we trust in Jesus by his blood for us, his body broken for us. And what a, a privilege to celebrate that today, to remember that as we, we have this bread and wine or juice. Um, let's just take a moment while we're waiting and if there's stuff that you feel you need to confess, need to say sorry to God for, now's a good time to do that because this is a, a symbol of how he cleans us up and changes us. Jesus, I want to thank you that you make us clean through your blood shed for us. Pray that where any of us have got sins or stuff hanging over us that we're thinking of, I want to thank you that you say, though your sins are as scarlet, they will be white as snow. And as far as the east is from the west, that's how far you've removed our transgressions from us. I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Amen. well I suppose 